Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the Hello and welcome into the Backyard Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Scott, and joining me tonight is my brilliant batch of Blazer basketball experts, Kyle George, Tyler Bagenstoss, and returning Mr. Stuck Under 800 followers, the always electric, extremely eccentric, Corey Van Domlin. How are you doing, Corey? Good, good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, boys. Absolutely. And let's not forget making his his first appearance on the pod. The man Corey steals his humor from the original TUHS football flag runner. Some call him the University of Portland's most notorious graduate, <laughs> the king of chaos himself, Peter Van Domlin. Peter, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Let's get it going. Give me a flag. That's right. Getting kind of back to our old school roots this episode, the idea being we're going to talk all Blazers basketball. The 2021 season has begun. Blazers one and one at the moment after one contested battle and one uh, game we'll forget to say the least. Uh, And and so before we dive into the season that we've already seen the first two games, I want to talk to you all about your opinions going into the 2020-2021 season on Neil Olshay's free agency work. He he brought in some good players, obviously shipped out some maybe Kyle <coughs> wasn't too fond of. But uh, Van Domlin brothers, we got to start with you, and we're going to give the honors to Peter this time. Peter, which move were you most excited about um, that Mr. Olshay did pull off coming into the season? I mean, the obvious move is Covington. Right. You got to go Covington. Covington was the MVP of the offseason. But I got to see it happen. You know, I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. to go back to last season. I had big thoughts about last year's offseason moves. I thought Mario was a solid pickup for us. Oh, oh no. God. You're God. killing your reputation <laughs> early in this pod. He's going to make moves. <laughs> so we're two games in, shaky results. But Covington's my guy. And I think, uh, I think he's going to be a, a people's champ as we get down the line. Corey? Yeah, I mean, that's I, mm. I totally agree with that. But just to, just to kind of be a little different the guy i i sneaky was excited about was bringing back Cantor because even though he's not necessarily a defensive presence he was a guy that provided a huge lift for us in that western conference finals run when we needed that weird spurt of offense and he has that awkward touch around the rim and just provides that little bit of something that we kind of need in the middle sometimes a little bit of edge too that i i really like that when we have a presence like that in the middle even though he's not necessarily a defensive powerhouse he just kind of brings a little something to the table that i enjoy he's currently shooting 92 percent um from the field so i think normally good normally good good. (laughs) kyle i know you were uh maybe i and Derek jones jr if i remember correctly yeah well to be fair i think i was more excited about both covington and Cantor prior to the first two games but now that i've had the chance to watch preseason and the first two games I think Derek Stone Jr. is the one I'm more excited about now, just based on what we've seen. He seems to understand his role really well. Like he's proven that he can actually provide a pretty decent three point threat, which I wasn't really expecting. Um, but then there's a game like the Houston game where he doesn't take any threes. So it seems like he has a feel for like when he's needed. He seems to shoot at the right times. He doesn't force anything. And then he's obviously an elite wing defender. So I think that's the reason why he's a little bit more exciting now. I mean, we've been preaching uh, elite wing defenders or trying to find them for the last couple of years. So I think it was a solid move by Olshay there. Ty, did you have one more that you want to give us? 
Yeah, I, I don't want us to forget about Carmelo Anthony. And I've been kind of banging the Carmelo Anthony drum since last year. I wanted us to re-sign him, and we got him back. And what I think is most important about him is not just for the young guys, but for being that mentor for Dame. Like him hyping up Dame, saying this is the best player I've ever played with, I think is huge. And just elevating our best player even higher. So I think not his maybe maybe not his play as much right now, but more his um, essence and like his aroma. <laughs> his aroma. Oh. Oh. All right. <laughs> it smells good. Stay mellow on that aroma there. I love Tyler. that. This delay is that. bad. This delay is bad. I thought I nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely oh, killed it, brother. Um, so as we mentioned, Blazers currently stand at one and one after two games, a 120-100 loss to the Utah Jazz to start the season, and then a two-point overtime win against a limited Houston Rockets lineup. Uh, Corey, I, I just want to know, what was your – one biggest takeaway after these first couple games. So my big takeaway early is I want to try to trust Terry to figure out the rotations that he's working with. Cause I mean, I'm pretty disappointed with the defensive effort and the offensive execution. Also, especially early in the game. I think a lot of our best blazer teams have been good at starting the halves, especially I think when our best teams have been, Starting the game out, get out to a hot start, especially in our first two games at home, and then starting that third quarter. I think those are really big points in the game. And both both games, like the first one was just trash beginning to end. Yeah, but the wasn't second good. one, they, yeah, they found their footing a little bit and made some adjustments. But I'm, I'm going to try to trust Terry to figure out kind of the alchemy of, of what lineups are working, who works best together, and where we can afford to kind of work guys in that, you know, hot or – or cold, or who, who play well together, because we do have some new faces that we're still trying to figure out. You know, who can we put with Dame? Who's gonna Who's gonna be a good defensive stopper beginning to end, and who's gonna you know uh, work in at the right times? And and Peter, I'm already kind of getting tired of hearing the uh, Jordan Kent and Lamar Hurd talk about how we need to be patient with this new defensive scheme. It, it doesn't look like it's hitting too well to me. You, uh, you think you think they're the first? team that's ever had new teammates i know it's that's, like come on it's I, like it's not hard there's one ball on the court the ball, you try not to let the other team score it's not a hard concept and yet here we are just oh he's looking at him as another land goes in the hoop i know i'm over it especially Play when basketball. the moves were targeting some lanky defensive players or at least we thought defensive minded players what's been your one biggest takeaway so far though peter uh, I think my biggest takeaway is not a whole lot has changed in the fact that it's a make-or-miss league. I mean, the Blazers have gotten the shots that they want to get, and against Utah, they just missed them. Yeah. I mean, the, the Blazers aren't going to win very many games if Dame goes scoreless in the first half. <laughs> and if he doesn't get the double figures, you're just not going to win. It doesn't matter if you're playing Twalton High School JV2 team, starting Peter Van Dahl with a point guard. You're probably, you might win that game, but you're not going to win many other games. So, I mean, they've got... They got. I mean, and the Blazers are never going to be a defensive juggernaut team. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna win games with offense and Dame and CJ, and then they just need the other guys to be good enough. And I think they will get there. But I think it's all going to come down to just making shots. And they made enough against Houston. They didn't make anything against Utah. Agreed completely. I mean. <laughs> It's, it hasn't looked much different than Blazers' offenses of old, but except for the fact that Dame is uh, struggling just a little bit here in the early going, Kyle. Um, have you had any initial takeaways around Dame or just the Blazers in general? 
as far as Dame goes, no, not really. I mean, I think Dame is Dame, and he's going to have games where you know he doesn't score 30 for us, and I think that Utah game was just a good example of that. It's still really early in the season. I, I think at the end of the day, like I'm always going to trust Dame and know he's going to eventually come around because he has every single year he's played in the league. So I'm not going to change my mind or anything like that. So I think Dame's totally fine. As far as the Blazers go, I mean, the Van Domlins have pretty much hit the nail on the head where it's, you know, the defense, it, it, the scheme, it seems to be the issue. One thing I will say is that I do notice um, the guy's effort seems to be, uh, it seems to be there. Like I've noticed, you know, DJJ and Covington, they're always pressing guys. They're up in each other's faces. And the bench is always, you know, getting hyped when they're, you know, trying to make a stop. It seems like that seems to be the focus. It's just not being executed properly. Um, in prior years, I haven't always seen that defensive effort. So I'm glad I, I can visually see it this year. I'm just, you know, I'd like to see some results. Fair enough. I think that's a fair, fair request when the expectations are set where they are. Tyler, uh, going over to you, you were talking about how excited you were to have Mello back. Um, are you still holding that same level of excitement after those first two displays? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I don't expect Mello to come out and score. A, a, I don't. I don't come in and, and expect him to score eighteen to twenty a game. You like, expect him to smell good. He might not see like if he's not. <laughs> I expect him. <laughs> this delay puts me at such a disadvantage with Connor on the other side. Of this oh, it's an like open season <laughs> over here. <laughs> 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 All right, Ty, we'll give you um, your floor. Go what for were we it. talking about, Mello? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we're going to chalk this one up to technical difficulties and move along from Tyler here. Um, going back to another right. player that's struggling with some minutes, I think, or not struggling with minutes, I should say, but trying to find the rotation spot. Gary Trent Jr. barely plays in game two. Um, obviously got a decent amount of minutes in game one. What, what were our thoughts there? Kyle, I'm going to start with you this time. I wasn't really sure what that was about. Can we confirm that wasn't like, you know, injury related at all? It was just straight up. He didn't get minutes. I didn't see any news about an injury or anything yeah, following. I didn't up. either. I was just curious not, if you guys had seen something. Nine guys. That's fair. Nine That's fair. He wanted to Got make it, it even with, with Houston's nine players. So it, it, he was just trying to level yeah. the playing field. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it, it does frustrate me a little bit. I feel like Gary's earned his time. You know, you know, if there's anything the bubble taught us, it's that Gary Trent should be playing at least 15 minutes a game. I think he he's a spark. You know what I mean? He's going to have times where he misses most of his shots, but he's going to also have games where he makes four threes in a row. So I, I think he's one of those guys that you throw out there and give him his opportunities. And sometimes it's going to pan out, sometimes it's not. But I would at least like to see him on the floor because I think his defense is better than a lot of the other guys we have. So... And I, I, and I guess it's uh, fair to say the way CJ was cooking in game two that it's hard to find minutes at the shooting guard position. Um, That's fair. Yep. Speaking of CJ absolutely cooking, Corey, what are your initial thoughts on the uh, James Harden trade debacle that has, as he expands and includes Portland on his list, we're going to dive into kind of the meat of the episode here. Where do you yeah. come down on that, especially after watching CJ not just battle, but lead the Blazers to a win over a dueling Harden. So that is, this is a very hot topic in, uh, in a lot of Blazer, uh, kind of Blazers Twitter verse as it were. Um, I would guess I, this one cost you a couple followers to be honest. Yeah. Hard to say, <laughs> but, uh, I haven't actually spoken up on it cause I've come to the conclusion that 
I trust Dame. And if Dame wants Harden, then I think we get Harden. And I think we give up whatever it takes, unfortunately, if that includes. And I love CJ. He's going to get his buckets. But if you watch game one, he was a little bit more than a liability. Right. In that game. He right. was bad on defense. He was bad on offense. Like, it was just not a good game. And I know he has those. And I know he's, you know... Um, like perpetually confident in himself, which is an awesome trait. And he's stone cold. He's a vet and all that stuff. But like game one, like he was not good period in the story. And if Dame thinks that Harden would be better, the only thing is I'm always gun shy on a bringing a free agent in who isn't necessarily loyal to a franchise like Portland, where I feel like that's kind of, I don't know, a prereq for coming to a small market. And especially a guy leaving a place that the franchise threw the threw everything at him was like we're gonna hitch our wagon to yours we want everything from you and he said i'm good right and it didn't work out i mean overall the experiment really didn't i know you can give him credit for a western conference finals and i mean multiple great seasons but essentially when you have a top five player in the league you're playing for a championship peter um do you come down on the same line here or are you more because one thing i was going to say on the flip side of the coin when CJ does have those off nights, he rarely has them in big moments. It seems like a lot of the Blazers' big games, especially over the last three or four years, he's at least been an aid to Dame, if not the better of the two. Um, Peter, where do you come down when you're starting to think about a James Harden swap? I, I go I go back and forth on this one pretty aggressively, but I think at the end of the day, if you can get a guy like James Harden, you get a guy like James Harden. And I only say that because yeah, CJ outdueled him on on uh, Saturday, but that was a that was a career highlight for CJ. Right. And James Harden does that every other game. Right. That's like, a James fair Harden point. Shot in the third quarter that you were like, oh my god, you can't defend that. And he does that every other game where yeah. CJ scores eight points every other game. So, but there is a uh, and I think there's an element of we kind of I, I I don't want to say they've hit the ceiling with Damon CJ because I don't think they have because I don't know if they've ever played in a big moment, their best performance, they've kind of always been like Batman and Robin. They've never like, Dame goes off this game and then CJ takes it. I think if they put it all together, it could be something special. But it would, Harden special is better than CJ special. And if you can get a guy like, I mean, James Harden's MVP guy. Right. CJ hasn't made an all-star team. So, like, the conversation sums up pretty uh, favorably towards you right there. (laughs) But you take James Harden, and I'll get him to shave his beard. But other than that, you get James Harden. He's got to fix his teeth first. Kyle, um, being a a Portland culture guy, as Corey mentioned, do you worry a little bit about how Harden's, you know, obviously the off the court stuff we've all heard about, but even on the court, it tends to, yes, yeah, strip clubs. Hey, Portland, number one per capita. Didn't know that until the James Harden yeah. rumors. Yeah, started. me neither. I, I, I did know that. <laughs> I said, UP's <laughs> most notorious graduate. I should have said Portland strip club. Getting <laughs> um, <laughs> there. RIP, COVID. <laughs> uh, Kyle, going back to you. Do you worry a little bit about the culture impact as well as um, if Dame and James games, whoa, can match uh, match up pretty well? Because we have seen, not that Dame is anything close to Russ, he's far better, but we've seen ball-dominant guys playing with Harden struggle, and Chris Paul, I guess, to a, fa- to a little faction. What's your opinion on that? 
You know, I, I think most Blazer fans are lying if they're saying they're not worried about the culture impact. I mean, obviously, that's something that we've always prided ourselves on, right? Our, you know, and that has started with Dane. And I think that's, you know, gotten, gotten the best out of a lot of players that have come through Portland's system. And so, obviously, our culture is very important, and I do care about it. I care about a championship more, though. And if James Harden gives us a better chance to win a championship, then I want James Harden on my team. And I th- and again, I think 99% of Blazer fans would argue that, yes, they would rather win a championship with CJ McCollum on the team. I think everyone would, would rather have that. But is that possible? History says no. So, the, But James Harden is an MVP who, to, uh, to Peter's point, can put up 40 points every other game. It seems like I'm at the point where I just want to win a championship. And if James Harden gives us that chance, then I would rather him on the team, assuming we're not having to give up both like CJ and Nurkic for it. If, but if we are having to part ways with CJ and some of our young prospects, I think it is worth that risk. And yes, Harden is not coming to sit, to be a Portland Trailblazer for life. But Damian Lillard is also not going to be a Portland Trailblazer for the rest of his life. We have him for another whoa, what? Whoa, two or three whoa. years. Sorry, I just mean he'll retire whoa. at some point. He'll retire oh, at some oh, point, and oh, he's yeah. only okay. going to be in his whoa, prime. Good save. He's only going to be in his prime for another two, maybe three years if we're lucky, right? And if Harden's contract aligns with that prime, then I think okay. it's a it's a move worth making, in my opinion. And Tyler, this is how we're going to do this. I'm going to stop talking, and then give we're going to give you a clear <laughs> runway. When you're done, you literally say the word "done." Um, here's your question with James Harden coming over. That's obviously going to put a lot of stress on Terry Stotts and you have a pretty good, uh, feel for the Blazers offensive system or so it seems by some of your comments in the past. Do you think that coach Stotts is going to have to completely shift how the Blazers play on offense if this move were to be made? Or do you think it's kind of a plug in chug type situation and CJ basic, or I mean, James would basically take over that CJ spot. Well, or or the day I spot. think you get. I think you give the ball to James Harden and let him create because he can create, and it doesn't matter who's at the power forward or the center position. He will get buckets. Same with Damian Lillard. You almost switch off with them two and say, "Hey, go and get it," and um, you go from there. I, I, I don't want to. I want to say no to James Harden, but he's too damn good not to. So, in this hypothetical scenario, I would take Harden for sure. Um, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know why. I just I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think the biggest issue with the Blazers right now, before I finish, is our defense. We can get points. I think Peter mentioned it earlier. Um, our scoring is not the issue. It's our defense, and I hate how we always go over pick and rolls. Um, I I rag on that to Kyle and Connor all the time. I I just think there's a better defensive team out there. Um, but go Zers. Sorry about the connection. Um, yeah. Okay. Love it, guy. Love it. And and that brings up a good point. We do have to touch on the defense a little bit. Um, Corey, going to you here. How do you feel like the Blazers could improve that system a little bit outside of the pick and roll? Obviously, we've touched on it two or three times already. We have the length. We have the guys that should be able to do it. What do you see as the main issue on that side of the ball? So. I'm not. I'm gonna ignore the first part of your question because the pick and roll defense is a huge okay, fucking part fair. of it. Like going, going. The thing that I'm not understanding is they go over pick and rolls on guys that are slashers, and then they go under pick and rolls on guys that are three point shooters. And it's it's like I I don't miss him at all, 
but it's like borderline like Hassan Whiteside's mind was put into certain guys at the wrong time. That's okay. Like there's certain no, times I get you. I get we you. We just decide yeah. like this, it's times we just decide like, oh, this shot like doesn't matter. Like it's so good. He'll miss. It, it like it's like that pickup basketball mentality. And I I understand it's a high scoring league and like you can't uh, you can't uh, push yourself on every possession because you're gonna tire yourself out. Like I don't expect Dame to be in you know Patrick Beverly mode for 48 minutes a game, but like I don't know. I just feel like there's not a ton of consistency. And Kyle, I think you're right when you were like, oh, I see that. I see the effort out of guys, but it's like, I see DJJ, you know, pressing on one guy and he's, you know, closes out on, on a, on a ball pickup. And then, uh, and then Dame is late, you know, when the guy's closed off in a corner and it's like, if you're going to give that effort, if one guy's going to close off on a dead ball, then like you need the next guy to close off. You can't just like have three other guys on their own page. And one guy who's just like pressing, pressing, pressing for that one possession. I, I understand that it's not every possession that you can press, but it's like, Hey man, like, and they, and they, a couple times in both games have randomly gone to zones and just gotten fucking like picked apart like a JV team. It's like, dude, if you're going to run a J or a, a, a zone, like you need to like know what the hell you're doing, like know your role. And they just look at, like beyond lost in right. terms of who has who and how they're operating. I just, I, I know Scott has been a, a zone guy kind of periodically just to mix in something, but man, it's, it's been at the wrong time so far. And Peter, one guy that could definitely help us out on defense who is still MIA following his exit from the bubble last year, Zach Collins. Um, he's kind of starting to become maybe a controversial a topic amongst Blazer fans. Um, where do you stand on him currently? Where's your potential meter with him? Because obviously uh -huh. when he came into the league, this is a guy I think we all have really, really high hopes for and probably still do because he's not that old or anything like that. But getting kind of nervous about some injury stuff as we've been scarred as Portland Trailblazer fans with big guys. Where, where are you standing with Zach Collins these days? One, I'm the wrong guy to ask on this because uh, <laughs> Zach Collins uh, is a Gonzaga Bulldog. And uh, let's go, uh, baby. I just got, I got not a lot of good things to say about Gonzaga Bulldogs <laughs> as a uh, pilot. But as a, as a Trailblazer first, uh, I like Zach Collins. Uh, for the six minutes he's on the court a night, uh, <laughs> yeah, gets hurt or he fouls out. So if you can't be on the court, then you're nothing. And that's how I feel about Zach Collins right now. Is when he's available, he's done great things, and he can spread the. He's like he's like Myers Leonard on steroids. I was just like he's what we thought Myers was going to be. But like he's worse than some. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, best, the, best, the best ability is availability. <laughs> And Zach has not figured that one out. I forget that he's on the team. I think he's in Spokane gearing up for the pilot game. <laughs> but he has great hair. Great, great hair. hair. Great knock that. And, and he's entertaining to watch on the bench because he does all his funny dances and everything. So he's still yeah, serving like some that. purpose to Trailblazer fans. you got to pick out the positives. Not quite Look Patty Mills level, but he's getting there. Not quite Patty Mills level. Um, the towel I'm, wave? The towel <laughs> wave. cannot beat Patty, Patty Mills' towel, towel wave. Towel wave is electric. Yes. All right, Tyler. Patty, <laughs> Tyler, I'm going to give you another runway here. So I would just want to know your biggest positive surprise to start this season so far through two games – who or what have you been most pleasantly shocked by? Uh, that's tough to say because 
Peter was kind of shitting on CJ earlier, but I thought CJ's been playing well so far. He's been the leading scorer in our first and second game so far. Um, and our most consistent scorer of the season. So, I mean, we only have a two-game uh, sample size, but it is what it is. Um, one, I want to see Nurk start to dominate these other bigs. I know it's you're going up against a guy like Rudy Gobert and Christian Wood, but he always is, we've talked about it earlier, stumbling over his feet. I want him to gather himself, man up, body someone, and go up with the hook. He has the touch, but in order for us to take that next step on offense too and help Dame out, he has to be a presence down low so that he's a facilitator to our shooters that we have at every position. So I think Nurk is our biggest X factor or key to the season. Defensive too. Done. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Kyle, he brings up a good point with Nurk there. One thing I have to mention with Nurk is I love how, like when CJ and Harden are talking shit, Nurk always is right there standing next to the side of whoever (laughs) it is. And he's always trying to kind of interject, but never actually does and just makes a lot of like, high school rolling your eyes type faces and I love it I'm addicted but Kyle what's been your biggest positive takeaway through two games uh, I also just love the nerk like he always has that shoulder like little he like raises his shoulders like I don't I'm not doing anything I'm just over here he's like European <laughs> even though he's being a piece of <laughs> yeah. shit guys and everyone knows it but he just tries to play like play it off like he's not um love nerk uh, biggest positive of the season so far. Again, it's difficult with only a two game sample size, but I'm going to go with Derek Jones Jr. is my biggest positive, I guess, from a player's perspective. I just feel like, again, I, I talked about it earlier in the podcast. He, he seems to fit our team really well. He seems to understand his role. Um, and I feel like he's surpassed expectations of most Blazer fans. Like when I, I didn't know he was going to be playing starter minutes when we first signed him, I thought he was going to be a role guy. Um, I just feel like with what he's provided us so far, he's my, I don't know what that loud noise was, but I'm going to go with DJJ. He has definitely overshot my expectations. I didn't, I thought he'd be like our eighth or ninth guy still, to be honest, just because of how the role he played in Miami. But I've loved him in the starting lineup with Robert Covington. I thought they've looked really strong. And like you've mentioned a couple times already, they bring that um, defensive effort and intensity. And now we just need the rest of the team to follow suit. Yeah. Wait, one more thing on, on that yes. DJJ is if what I notice in free agency, what I always try to pay attention to is when you, when you see a guy move teams, how the fans of that Twitter react and like every Miami heat fan was like devastated when they found out DJJ wasn't coming back. So that was really encouraging. So I feel like Neil may have found like a diamond in the rough in a lot of ways, because he's still so young, too. A lot of growth there. Corey? Also, like, one of the things I want to start seeing out of Nurk is that he's so... I feel like he's... I don't know. Like, I forget how young he is, because what? what is he? Is he 23? 24? Who? Nurk. Nurk's like 26, I think. Yeah, I think he's 26 okay. now. Yeah. 24, Either 25. Way, I feel like he shows up for, like, big matchups. Like, when he knows he's got... Like, when he goes against the Nuggets and he's got Jokic... He is like locked the fuck in, and then he goes up against you know Christian Wood and I like Rudy Gobert. I was surprised he didn't have a better game, but I feel like when he gets big matchups like primetime type stuff, then he's like ready to rock and roll. But he gets like a Christian Wood who's like kind of up and coming. He's like, nah, we'll see. And he, I feel like he just kind of floats through, and he'll have a couple like hook shots, and he'll complain about a call. He'll take a charge, and it'll get a it'll it'll be a it'll be a um, blocking, and he'll have his three fouls and in 12 minutes and be like, whoa, what the hell? And it's like, 
I feel like that happens like way too often with him sometimes. Especially for being a guy who's talented enough to dominate almost anyone yeah. he matches up against. It's it's purely exactly. seems like an effort thing some games and just not being mentally checked in. Um, yeah. Peter, I wanted to know your biggest positive takeaway as well as what you think the key to a successful Blazer season is going to be going forward. All right, my, my curveball take for the biggest positive of the season so far <laughs> is James Harden even adding us to his list because whether or not you want James Harden or not on your team, James Harden just told the whole league that he thinks Portland's going to figure it out. So Blazer fan right now, two games in, after game one, we were blowing up. Fire shots. Get rid of TJ. Dame is overrated. Who is Nurk? Is this Blazer? <laughs> James Harden says, I want to play with those guys. And that, fellas, is a good freaking thing. But the key to the season is we just got to give them time. We know how the Blazers do. They start slow. December, it gets bad. January, we win 15 games in a row. We argue yep. about whether we should retire Roy's number or not. And then we make the playoffs as a sixth seed, and we win the NBA championship. Yeah, I love that. That was one no. Harden got that Let's mellow go. scent, and he's, he had to come up to Portland. Uh, <laughs> Corey, uh, want to go to you here. I don't think we've let. I'm 21. <laughs> I don't think we've let you say your biggest positive takeaway so far. Cor? Yeah, yeah, you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Peter is being. Sorry, I rattled him. Yeah, he got to on that one. I think I think in a weird way against Houston, even though we didn't look good um, against Houston, and like. Again, I trust Dame more than anything, and I think he's kind of done this in his late, in his more elite years. I gave the last two years, and he's really slow played. He'd almost done that kind of LeBron move where he doesn't really do much for the first two quarters. He'll kind of feel it out. He'll be passing a lot, and he knows when a big game is, and he'll push, and you'll see him get 30, 35, 40 in the first half, and you'll be like, okay, like it's time to go. And I think him kind of having that confidence to share the ball and 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 distribute and kind of feel out the team and let everybody else get comfortable. That gives me confidence to know that Dame is like, all right, like I'm fine. I'm gonna get mine eventually. Even though he had like zero in that first half of that first game, like obviously, like I'm not like jacked about that. But I don't think he like pressed for anything. You know, he had a couple shots that like didn't fall. There was like that weird kind of alley oop he had and like a weird a couple contested shots at the rack. But I feel like his kind of role and him understanding not only that he can play without being like balls to the wall all the time. So he can like be in the game. It's almost like an in-game load management. Right. Like he can still lead and be present on the floor while not being like ex exerting so much energy that he is in danger of hurting himself or you know hurting us later in the year. Honestly, you're going to hate me for saying this, but it looks like what LeBron does most most games no, in the regular yeah, season. That's exactly what I'm saying. Absolutely, absolutely. It's yeah, it's it's that what you just mentioned, preserving the body for the moments you know that are ahead because you know you're good enough to get your team where they need to be and I think uh, Dame is at that level in his career right now where he's... Yeah, and I'm, you're right. I do hate you. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> we knew that coming in though. Achoo. Um <laughs> A uh, couple predictions here for... Oh, Ty's got something. Ty, let us clear the runway. Here you are. Yes. 
Okay, so boys, in our group chat the other day, when Paul texted, "Oh, Dame's playing bad. Dame's not doing this. Dame's not doing that." It's it's bigger than numbers and all that shit. What you just said, it's the LeBron effect. Dame is so good that he doesn't have to always exert this effort, even though he is. But like he's reserving his like superpowers. Right. Like it's like that type of level. Well, and- so that that's that's the gist of that uh, group chat. And and to Peter's point, when we do make that, you know, January, maybe this year, February, because we're starting a little late run, Dame's going to go off. He is going to become literally unstoppable like we've seen him do in almost every one of his seasons so far. Um, So I want to go around here before we end and just get quick predictions on if the Blazers end up with James Harden this season. Kyle, I'm going to go with you. Uh, no, I don't think we end up with James Harden this season. <laughs> what would you package to try to get him as well? Uh, I think the max package I would be willing to do is CJ, Zach, Anthony. On you. <laughs> um, whoa, whoa there. Um, joke. So those three guys and then <laughs> and then a couple picks, like, you know, three, two, three a picks. Maybe. Picks. Dude, did you, did you see the packages that the 76ers were, ha- were offering to them for Harden? They were ridiculous. If I'm I'm offering like a realistic package that they would maybe say yes to, and I think it would have to include like two, three picks. Corey, you're contesting that. So where do you where do you stand on this? I mean, I I, I think like it's CJ, Zach, Anthony, and like a pick. I, I I think multiple picks is a lot. Or if we go even like a uh, like a Gary Trent, like CJ needs to be in there. I, in my opinion, like I think they're not going to settle for any less. I think they would take a Nurk. I'd rather not give up Nurk. Um, but I think he would be a kind of a necessary component. Um, or we just kind of clear house of all the good stuff. We just got like a Covington, Derek Jones, and, and like, again, like a CJ and a pick. And Peter, it's a kind of an all hands on deck situation, almost outside of Damian Lillard. Um, do you think the Blazers are looking to pull that off? Or do you think this is more of Twitter hype than anything else? Uh, I think, I mean, I think the Blazers just want to look back on Dame's prime and 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 know that they did everything they could to bring a championship. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's how I feel as a fan. I mean, whether or not James Harden is the play for the Blazers, I just want to know that they're trying. And right, right now, I feel like we're just running it back year after year after year and, and thinking that, like, we're going to make the jump. Right. And it's just not going to happen in Portland. And... Whether or not it happens, I just want to know that they're doing everything they can. Just so we can look back and think, man, what what would have happened if we had tried to get Harden? Right. And I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. But it it does uh, it does uh, it is interesting that he has even included us in the discussion. Corey, you you're raising your hand emphatically. Don't forget that if we get James Harden, then Paul George will also probably come to the Blazers. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's usually a two for one whenever a superstar moves and Paul George uh, sees it. Um, he'll come, but then he'll bonus and, and finish the rest of the, the season by averaging like eight points a game in the playoffs. Playoff P. It was a bad shot. Playoff PP at his finest. Tyler clearing the runway for you here. Um, I want to know you mentioned earlier you don't think the Harden deal is going to happen. Um, but if it does, what would you be willing to give up in that scenario? Is it everything? Is it the house? <laughs> um, I think you guys know I'm stingy. I don't want to give up anything. Fuck him. I don't even want Harden, so I don't even want to contemplate. I want to win a championship with these guys. And I think, what to Peter's point the about trying for it, I think Neil making these moves for guys like DJ, uh, DJJ and Covington 
he feels like he's going for it, doing something like that. Unless Dame has something to say otherwise. But I feel like Dame feels the same way. So, no to Harden. Gozers. I do think, though, if they're not inquiring at all about James Harden, it's be it's. I think Peter or Corey, one of you guys said this. It's because Dame is saying that he wants CJ on the team, and if that's the case, then I I want CJ on the team. I just want what Dame wants. I think Corey, you said that earlier. It's like yeah, yeah. I, I think like I'm so loyal to him at this point. Like if he if he truly believes that we can win a championship with CJ McCollum, then I'm on board. Like I'll hop on that train and I'll support it all the way. Um, but as soon as Dame makes the comment of like, hey, maybe we should take a look at Harden. Then it's then to Peter's point, it's like, yeah, you better be trying everything you can to get him here. I, you better I, freaking get him before yeah. they find out that Dame says. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> gonna say. That's gonna be an internal <laughs> comment, or at least I the, pray. The whole Rockets game, CJ and Harden were kind of jawing at each other, and I could yeah, I yeah. Could, I just you make know, you wonder. <laughs> yeah, Harden's like CJ's talking shit, like yeah, what? And Harden's like they're about to trade your ass for me, man. <laughs> I, I can just see that shit talk going down. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, but Harden's like it's you plus three guys and two picks for me. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you, Houston's not sitting there going, should we trade for CJ? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a good point. That's that a good hurts. point. Yeah. Yeah, it does hurt. It does hurt. And to to that point, I feel like it's almost Neil's responsibility to fully invest in looking into that trade. We're talking about a generational player. Whether you like him or not, that's a whole different question. But James Harden has proven to be one of the best, at least pure scorers, if not playmakers in NBA history. So it's almost irresponsible not to at least take a look at the assets you have in the cupboard ready to trade. Um, Before we sign off here, I just want to go around quickly and go get everyone's prediction for who the Blazers will beat and in how many games in the NBA Finals in 2021. So I'm going to start. Peter, your impassioned rant earlier just got – I almost flipped over the goddamn table. Um, can you let us know who the Blazers beat and by in how many games NBA Finals this season? All right. The, they're going well, – well, so first we're going to beat COVID as okay. a nation. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Way to score uh, some points. <laughs> Without without section three seventeen rocking at the moment, <laughs> but we are beating the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Okay. In five games. Five okay. Games. That's that's modest giving them a game. Yep. Yeah, I guess Kevin Durant and Kyrie yeah. Irving have earned one game, maybe through their reputations and yeah. yeah. careers. Flat Earther. <laughs> Flat Earther. <laughs> can't trust him. Corey, your thoughts. Yeah, just to be different, I agree with that 100%. But I think I'm going to say that Kyrie is going to give up midseason and go start doing uh, philanthropic work uh, around the world uh, because basketball is meaningless. It doesn't matter, guys. It just doesn't matter. Right. So I think the Blazers are going to beat the Celtics in six. I like the Celtics pick. I think they look very, very strong so far. Kyle. They're a good team. Uh, just to be different, I'm gonna go with the Bucks in four because Giannis can't work. Bucks in four. Giannis is a playoff <laughs> choke artist. I mean, the Nets, the, the Nets in five. I don't understand why you're coming <laughs> up here. <laughs> I gave him a game. Uh, <laughs> gonna win in the playoffs, night. Peter. If there's anything we've seen, Giannis can't win in the playoffs. I feel like mine's more realistic. KD has won two championships. What are we doing here? Yeah, Curry won. Curry won. Assuming Melo's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Assuming Melo's healthy. Speaking of that, Tyler. 
I know you're overwhelmed by a sense, but who does Melo face up with in the finals? Uh, Blazers winning four, beat Brooklyn on a Melo game winner in game four. So, <laughs> in oh, Brooklyn. Sorry, in Brooklyn. In, Bro- in Brooklyn, nonetheless. I, I mean, you have, you have to think Blazers in four, and I think it's going to be um, over – the wild card pick of the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to happen. I really don't believe that they'll get there, but I just need to pick a new team in the East. And you took the obvious four choices. So fuck you guys. I don't think the Heat are getting back, to be honest. I think that was kind of a got hot at the right time and had enough um, singular talent that liked each other that I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to replicate that kind of a run. God damn, that's a Blazers wet dream right there, what you just described. I, well, no, that's, what, that's why I say that, Kyle. You're exactly right. That What they did last year is the exact way we will win our championship. That is the exact <laughs> way. Got at the right time, just had the, you know, the right guys. Yeah, but how, how bad would a Blazer NBA final run be with no fans? Yeah. Like, that. just screw that. No, Wouldn't be right. Get out of here. I agree. Get out of here. I don't want to win if I can't be there. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I think we got to – yeah, that's right. Mask up. Target COVID first. Target the championship second. And I think that's a good message to leave the listeners on. Shout out to Peter Van Domlin and Corey Van Domlin for joining us tonight. And as always to Kyle George and Tyler Bagenstoss, fellas. Keep the good vibes going. Blazers Championship 2021 will be in attendance. Vaccine's going to be up and running, and we are going to be back. Going to be back. That's right. It's game time. Peace out. See you guys. Go Blazers. Peace. Lillard, he got the shot off!